Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the Scrum Simplified podcast. Imagine a place where we tackle the myths that have been surrounding Agile and Scrum and dive deep into the often overlooked and lesser known corners of Scrum. I'm your host, Chandani Patterson, and I am thrilled to embark on this adventure with you. I have been where you are, and I know the joys, the frustrations, and the aha moments that come with working within the Scrum framework. And I'm still learning every day, finding new ways to improve. So whether you're sipping your morning coffee, stuck in traffic, or enjoying a leisurely walk, tune in to our bite-sized episodes. Together, we'll uncover the secrets, debunk the myths, and bring focus to topics that are not very well known and deepen our Scrum knowledge. It's time to dive in, rethink, and rediscover Scrum with Scrum Simplified. Today, we are talking about sprints. A sprint is one of the main events in Scrum. All other events like the sprint planning, the daily scrum, sprint review, and sprint retrospective take place within a sprint. So it is a container event for all other events. It is considered the heartbeat of scrum, and the purpose of a sprint is to deliver usable increments of value to the stakeholders. So what exactly happens within a sprint? What are some of the activities that you could undertake within a sprint? The sprint itself starts with a sprint planning event where the scrum team get together to plan out the work that will be conducted in the sprint. Now, the main purpose of the sprint, as I mentioned, is to create valuable increments based on your sprint goal. The scrum team get together every day during the daily scrum to plan their work for that day, and that will take them closer to the sprint goal. The sprint backlog is updated as needed as more is learned and scope may be clarified with the PO and renegotiated as long as the sprint goal is not threatened. Quality is always considered when creating the increment and it is important that this does not decrease during the sprint. Within a sprint, the team should also consider doing backlog refinement sessions so that they are prepared for the next sprint or sprints and it doesn't come as a surprise. Ideally, a backlog refinement session should be held at least once within a sprint, but it's up to the team to decide the best way forward and what works for them in terms of frequency. The time box for the refinement session is also up to the team to decide to make sure that this meeting is reaching its purpose. Sprint review is conducted towards the end of the sprint where the team show their work to the stakeholders and gather feedback that then leads to a potential update of the product backlog for future work. The sprint retrospective is the last event and concludes the sprint. The next sprint starts immediately after the current one, so there's no gap between two sprints. Now, a sprint in Scrum is time boxed to one month or less. So you have teams that could potentially be working in a one-week sprint, a two-week sprint, three weeks, or even four-week sprints. Technically, you could also have sprints that are shorter than one week. Have you ever tried doing a one-day sprint? If you're using Scrum for things outside of software development, then this could be possible. 
For example, if you're using it to manage your daily life. Or maybe you're an author crafting a book, in which case you could be creating new chapters or sections each day. Or maybe you're creating a training course and want to use Scrum each day to add additional topics to the course. So how do we decide on the sprint length? Do we just blindly use two weeks since everyone else seems to be using a two-week sprint? No. We decide on the sprint length depending on factors like how risky the project is, how quickly we need to get the product to the market, how quickly the market changes, how often do we need to incorporate feedback loops, how complex the project is, and so on. So if the project is highly risky or, and complex, or we need to respond to market changes quickly, we could, for example, use a one-week sprint. If it is not as risky and if you're okay to have feedback loops that are slightly longer, then we can decide on a one-month sprint, that is four weeks. For most projects, however, a sprint length of two weeks seem to work well enough. This is short enough for feedback loops and being able to respond and pivot quickly if needed. One important question then is, who decides the sprint length? The whole Scrum team decide on a sprint length together. And once a sprint length has been decided, it is not necessarily cast in stone. That is, it's not necessarily fixed for the entire duration of the project or product development. So if the team decide after a few sprints that they need to reconsider the sprint length for one of the reasons already mentioned before, for example, then they can do so. Now this decision is again made by the whole Scrum team and is usually done during the sprint retrospective. This new sprint length will then become the new cadence. What we do not want to do, however, is have a one-week sprint followed by a two-week sprint, change it back to one week for a few weeks, then go to a three-week, and so on. You get the point. Also, don't change a sprint length just for this sprint only. We want to keep the steady cadence because it promotes predictability, forces prioritization of work, and improves focus. It also offers predictable inspect and adapt cycles. And one more thing, you cannot change a sprint length halfway through a sprint, by the way. Wait until the next sprint to start with the new sprint length. And yes, don't forget to involve your stakeholders too and keep them in the loop. Now let's talk sprint cancellations. A sprint can be cancelled before its time box finishes if the sprint goal becomes obsolete for whatever reason. Now, this could be in response to changing market needs, a change in technical conditions. For example, you found a better technical solution which makes the current work obsolete. If the company decides to pivot or anything else, that means that the work in the current sprint is no longer needed. Only the product owner has the authority to cancel a sprint, although they normally do this after discussions with the whole team and the stakeholders. Now, when a sprint is cancelled, any done product backlog items are evaluated and the PO typically accepts this work. This may, however, not be the case all the time, though, especially if there are dependencies with any incomplete work that's still to be finished. 
So this is, this is very much context-based. Incomplete product backlog items go back into the product backlog for re-estimation and reprioritization is needed. Just remember that incomplete PBIs may result in technical debt. Now, during a sprint, the team may create one or more potentially shippable increments. We do not need to wait until the end of the sprint to release. If the PO decides the work is important enough, the team can have multiple releases happening throughout a sprint. Now, the frequency of releases within a sprint depends on various factors. However, two common approaches are releasing once per sprint and implementing multiple releases within a sprint. Releasing once per sprint is a common approach for teams that are new to agile methodologies or working on projects with complex dependencies. Now it allows for thorough testing and validation of the released features before moving on to the next sprint. This approach provides stability and predictability, but it may limit the ability to respond quickly to feedback or market changes. Implementing multiple releases within a sprint is a more flexible approach that allows for faster feedback loops and the ability to respond quickly to market changes or user feedback. However, it requires a mature team with well-established processes for continuous integration, testing, and deployment. Now, the decision of whether to release once or multiple times per sprint depends on the specific needs and context of the team and the project. Consider factors such as team maturity, the product complexity, the release strategy, and the need for rapid feedback and responsiveness. Evaluate the potential benefits and trade-offs of each approach to determine the most suitable strategy for your team. Now, there are a few common questions and tips and tricks around sprints that I'll go into next. Throughout the sprint, you want to make sure that the team are collaborating every day and that the work is transparent to stakeholders. Foster a culture of open communication within the team and with stakeholders. Encourage team members to voice concerns or potential issues early, reducing the likelihood of surprises or even the need for cancellations. The PO should be available to the team as needed for clarifications and making things clearer. They may also be called upon to renegotiate work and help make trade-offs if necessary. They also usually provide feedback and accept work as it is done. Don't skip on the daily scrum during a sprint. This is important because this is where the developers come together to plan their day and how they're going to get closer to the sprint goal. For that matter, don't skip on any of the mandatory events either. Now, I've already mentioned this, but keep the sprint length consistent. Consistency in sprint length provides a stable cadence for the team and it helps in better planning. It also helps with the inspect and adapt cycles, as I mentioned. Avoid frequent changes in sprint duration to promote that predictable and sustainable pace. If you do find the need to change it, keep it consistent thereafter. The sprint finishes when its time box is up. You do not extend a sprint by a few days because work was not completed. And this is exactly for the same reasons as changing the sprint length constantly. You do not want to do that either. 
Don't skip on backlog refinement. Although it is not a required event in Scrum, it is highly recommended. It gives the team the opportunity to plan for the next sprint or two and get clarifications and details ironed out before the next planning session. Don't cancel a sprint just because you found you have some higher priority work. Prioritize the new work for the next sprint. Sprints are short enough to be able to handle this effectively. You can also consider renegotiating the sprint backlog as a team and see what best can be done in the situation. Sprint cancellations should be very rare occurrence because it wastes time and effort. If you're finding this happening often, maybe check if your sprints are focused. Is your sprint length correct? Are you able to quickly adapt to the changing market? Remember, cancellations can affect the cadence, use up time and effort unnecessarily, and affect the team morale. Which brings a question, when a sprint is cancelled, do you still hold the sprint review and, and or the retrospective? Cancelling a sprint essentially means concluding the sprint before its originally designed time box expires. So regardless of the sprint's progress at the time of cancellation, I would advise you to conduct a sprint review. This provides an opportunity to engage with stakeholders presenting both completed and outstanding work. It also involves discussing the events or changes that prompted this cancellation and soliciting valuable feedback from stakeholders. The team can then review, update or modify the product backlog items based on the insights gained. Conducting a sprint retrospective after a cancellation is also highly beneficial because this serves as a valuable opportunity for reflection and learning from that sprint's events. What happened? It provides a platform to proactively look ahead, identifying measures to avoid similar scenarios in the future and mitigating the risk of occurrence. And finally, there are no sprint zero hardening sprint, release sprint, integration sprints, etc. in Scrum. All of this work is done as part of the normal sprints. There's an excellent article by Martin Dahlman that I will link to in the description that goes into why sprint zero and other such sprints are not part of Scrum. So look out for that. Final thoughts on sprints. Sprints are the heartbeat of Scrum, driving continuous delivery and incremental progress towards a project's goals. They provide a structured framework for collaboration, adaptation, and improvement, empowering teams to deliver value in a timely and efficient manner. Now, by breaking down work into manageable increments, sprints foster focus and accountability, ensuring that the team remains aligned with the project's priorities. The iterative nature of sprints allows for rapid feedback loops, enabling the team to identify and address issues proactively. This continuous learning and improvement cycle ensures that the product remains relevant and valuable to stakeholders. Sprints are not just about delivering features. They are about fostering a culture of collaboration, transparency, and continuous improvement. By embracing the principles of Scrum, Teams can unlock their potential, achieve remarkable results, and deliver value that truly matters. So until next time, keep sprinting towards success in all your agile endeavors. 
Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. If you found this valuable, please consider subscribing through your favorite podcast app. Giving this podcast a rating and or review also helps others find this podcast. And please feel free to share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Also, do share your thoughts or questions and let me know how I can make this better for you. So until next time, my scrum enthusiasts, keep that flame of learning burning bright. The journey to scrum simplicity is yours to own. And I'm here with you every step of the way. This is Chandani signing off from Scrum Simplified. Catch you in the next episode. And until then, thrive in the world of Scrum and keep reaching for those agile stars. Stay curious, stay agile, and never stop simplifying.